0: <laughs> Woo! Happy Wednesday! Happy Wednesday, beautiful people on Babs' Rose I Ah, this is love, Babs, love talk. Harry is somewhere floating in the ether. <laughs> I, I'm tired because I stayed up. Harry, I stayed up late last night watching the results for Georgia, and then I stayed up and watched, you know, all the commentary, like two different sets of commentary. I don't know why I did that, but I'm good and tired now but i was so you know just so into it so uh so yeah so georgia has its first elected uh african-american to the senate and that is uh reverend warnock and uh it was nice to nice to uh watch last night and i wanted to stay up to see his speech and hear what he had to say so and I'm glad to have played some small part in the election of Georgia because you know I letter wrote um, James Foreman pulled together some folks which he does all the time and this year I got invited and uh, went and uh, wrote letters to folks in Georgia there was two groups people who wrote postcards and people who wrote letters and I was in the letter writing campaign uh, and it was it was thrilling i had a nice stack of papers letters to uh get done and i did my whole stack and uh just encouraging people you know i got to be a little personal and uh it was great so and uh i got a an email this morning from uh james foreman saying you know that he knows that people in georgia got these post- postcards and and letters and that it did make a difference. So I'm glad. I'm just really, really glad. So, so yeah, so what I couldn't send in money, I spent in time. So I was very happy about that. So it's Wednesday, 10 o'clock. I've got Miss Tina um, 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 Hascom coming on from Lotta Studio because this weekend is um, anti-mall weekend at Lotta Studio. And I know an anti-mall is, so you don't have to go to the big box stores. You could shop locally in one place. So they're doing that. Uh, unfortunately, I won't be around. I won't be in town to uh, participate this year. But oh, in years past, I've got some really great things through the uh, through the uh, anti-mall shopping. and uh, And I still have. So there you go. A lot of artisans, stuff like that. So so go. It'll be great this weekend. It'll be great. So she'll be on at 1015 to talk a little bit about uh a lot about <laughs> a lot about a lot of studios and um the concept of anti-mall shopping. And uh I think it's been a few years now that we've been doing it. Although the pandemic cut out a couple of years. So <sighs> you know. I need water. I I dream. I slept hard. I had lots and lots and lots of vivid dreams last night. Vivid. I, my mother was in my, I saw my mom was in my dream. And uh, I had gotten into the divinity school in my dream. So I don't know what all that means. But I'm a girl for dreaming. So there's that. Uh, so... Uh, shout out to the uh to the to the guys at public works my brother robert and (laughs) then my brother robert and then um doing their let me tell y'all if you want to do something nice for public works and don't say you heard it from me but you know you can leave gifts on the bins when they come pick up the recycling and the garbage you can leave gifts on those bins for them. They won't throw them away. They'll notice. <laughs> and by gifts I mean, you know, good, good alcohol, good scotch, good six-pack. You know, you could do nice stuff like that for them. You know, they they won't do they won't drink it on the job. It'll just, they'll just take it home. <laughs> so I'm just saying, you know, or you know, gift card, you know, all kinds of stuff. Just thank them for your for their service. I mean, yes, they get paid, of course, of course. But I'm just saying, you know, you you know how you leave a gift from your mailman, or when I was growing up, we used to have a milkman uh, used to deliver fresh milk to the house, uh, and he'd get a gift. Uh, Leo, the fishman, you know what I mean, stuff like that. So you know, your public works folks, you know, if you feel inclined, or you know, or leave a six pack of apple cider. Who cares? A gift is a gift is a gift, but they do so they do so much work. So you could leave them a gift, you know. I don't know if I could do it in this neighborhood because the, the moment I'd have to sit and wait for them to show up. Cause I know people that in this neighborhood uh will just walk off with it. <laughs> no shade to the people in this neighborhood. I'm just saying you cannot leave stuff like that. You know, I used to do it when I lived on. I lived in Beaver Hill. And it would just sit there. Except that one time, somebody walked by and was trying to steal all the big giant bulbs <laughs> off of my tree in the front yard. <laughs> and then he dropped them and we were like, what are you doing? Those are not yours. He's like, oh no, they, they fell and I was returning them. No, we were watching you steal these bulbs off this tree. Uh. Oh, what a world, what a world. What a world, what a world, what a world, what a world. Right, isn't that that the woman from um, The
1: Wizard of Oz, The Green Witch, what a world, what a world. I needed that water today, just need a little hydration. Get the, uh,
0: get the blood flowing. Uh, And not to mention that, you know, drinking copious amounts of wine, it it doesn't, it's not not a bad thing. You know, when I drink good wine, and I often drink good wine, um, you don't feel as horrible as when I drink swill, you know, that it it starts to feel a little janky. But I feel fine this morning. I feel absolutely fine. I believe On Rules will be on tomorrow. So we can get us some uh, some good vibrations in, which would be nice. You know, tap into our ancestors and our orishas and uh find out what the word is. Uh I know Paul might be out on these streets. He might, I think Wednesday, he is uh he is uh out here in these streets looking for uh you know, a little slice of New Haven, a little slice of New Haven. You see what I did there, a little pizza reference, because New Haven is such a pizza town. And, uh, you know, we yeah. are serious about our pizza, serioso about our pizza. So much so that there's no place in the world that you can go without uh, getting into a conversation about, well, what pizza do you like? <laughs> What do you like? I like this and I like that. Yeah. Well, I'm so grateful that there are people in this town that make good vegan cheese pizza. Ha ha ha. Good vegan cheese pizza so I don't suffer. You know, like, die. So, <laughs> so yes, yes, yes. Uh, I am going tomorrow night to see a soldier's story, a soldier's play. I'm going to go see that tomorrow at uh, Schubert. Uh, I can't wait to see it because it's been a very long time since I've seen it. So I'm going to see it. And and I know it'll be riveting and Charles Fuller was amazing. And uh, I'm still stunned that I just found out that he passed just this past October. So, yeah. So I'm going to be in the theater tomorrow night. Um, The Hang Time folks are having their event tonight, which I don't think I'm going to get to uh i don't think i'm going to get there um her time hang time community celebration is uh um tonight and it's been 8 years and uh congratulations and they're going to be at beacon hall at husitano college from 6 to 9 uh i i don't think i'm going to make that uh, I might, we'll see, but un- unlikely, unlikely, but I will send my, my best regards. Um, and, you know, uh, Charles Grady knows that I he has my heart and, uh, and I support this organization as best as I can. Um, so I might not be able to show up for this, but I know it'll be fabulous with fabulous people. And um, Charlie Grady, thank you very much for the invitation. So but I've got a lot to do because I'm getting on a plane tomorrow. I mean uh Friday and I'm getting out of Dodge for the weekend. So I've got to uh I've got to uh you know do some laundry <laughs> and uh uh pack accordingly because they're you know, going down south, we're going down to North Carolina and the weather is a bit warmer. So so um so I have to pack accordingly, and just make sure. You know, I'm not dressing like I'm dressing in Connecticut. You know, so so there's that part. Um, I see the uh, uh, Elliker has announced his bid for reelection. <sighs> Somebody, anybody, everybody, make a run just just because, just because. No one should go unchallenged. Not in elections. I don't care if we do, if you like somebody so much and you think they're doing a fabulous job, no one should go unchallenged. No one should go unchallenged. And that's including people that I dig, uh, because it just makes you nimble. And and it's it's this is our democracy. We don't, we we don't, we don't crown kings and queens. So you know, make a run. Even, no matter how ridiculous it may sound or seem, if you feel like you can run this city, throw your hat in the ring. Throw your hat in the ring. If you feel, if you feel like you can run this town, I, I, get in there. Get in there. Get in there. So we'll see. Hopefully some folks will rise to the top. You know. That's what I'm hoping. <laughs> I'm going to bet my last dollar, honey. Isn't that what Don Cornelius used to say? <laughs> it's all gonna be a stone cast. <laughs> I'll bet my last dollar, baby, it's all gonna be a stone cast. <sighs> yes. Let me tell you something. Let me get back to Georgia for a minute. I I I am, I tell you what I'm I'm baffled by, that there is no. Ground for the Republicans that they will hit. There's no ground. If there's a ground, they are falling with shovels so they could go lower. Herschel Walker was trash, and 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 what they did was they found an amenable black man and slapped an R on his back and said, "Oh, this is this is what you need, black people." And, I, and I, I find that so unbelievably insulting that they thought that in broad daylight, that they was gonna shove this brother down our throats and say, oh, well, he's, he's black, so therefore. Are you kidding me? I'm, there's, I'm, I'm starting to feel like there's no lens to what these Republicans will do to win. Not to govern, just to win. Win it by any means necessary. They don't give a damn about governing. I've not seen a good governing Republican yet. But yet they always want to win. I think the idea of winning is just all they want to do is win. And then destroy. Win and then destroy. Win and then destroy. That's, I guess that's the new playbook. Or the same old playbook. It's just unconscionable to me that they would put that man... Up against who how do you spend all this time talking about werewolves and vampires on a campaign trail as if that is the most challenging thing Georgia's got to deal with? So you mean to tell me that what's on the hearts and minds of Georgians is werewolves and vampires? See that kind of foolishness right there, and then the nerve. They overlooked that this man had a bunch of domestic violence cases, paid for a couple of abortions. And I ain't mad at him for paying for abortions. Listen, he got the money to pay for him. That's responsible. Uh, uh, He lied about being in the FBI, lied about being a police officer. Oh, my God. Lied about all kinds of stuff. And yet they slapped that R on his back and baby, it's on and popping. So I'm glad that the majority of Georgians didn't fall for the okie-doke. Like, in plain sight they tried to do this mess. And I'm thinking to myself, this, they think that Herschel Walker is the kind of Black people that Black people are. Granted, A small percentage of us are, but that's not the majority. No, they didn't go get a well-spoken, they didn't go get smart, they didn't go get someone who has real ties to Georgia. No, they go get a has-been washed-up football guy, you know, i think for the republican parties that's very american right that the uh, athletic prowess and 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 politics go hand in hand as if as if as if the 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 sports world is a stepping stone to the highest office in the land i guess i mean that's i mean that's That's where they want to go with this. I mean, it's seemingly looking like that to me, that if you're a sports icon, that somehow or other, you would be a good legislator. I I don't know how they make that leap or cross that bridge, which is a bridge too damn far. But Herschel Walker, and now they won't have anything to do with him now. And this is a Donald Trump devotee, right? I, I he was on a uh, the little show the little fire show what is it, um, whatever that little second rate game show was you know, Uh so he was on that show, um and you know Donald Trump likes to be in that massive role right massive massive role, and he likes black people to be in that uh, enslaved mentality role, hence Herschel Walker. You can't tell me otherwise. I, I'm I'm still in the James Baldwin camp. I can't believe what you say because I see what you do. And uh, the Republican Party is notorious for this mess. Notorious. Although I thought this was a bridge too far, but apparently they didn't think so. And the fact that it was a tight race, that gives me so much pause. A tight race indeed. and then and then it wasn't. <laughs> you know, you bring all the the, the, the metro Atlanta folks in. And rural the rural folks who you know vote the way they're told to vote, you know, because they really think they really think they're uh, you know those poor rural, rural white folks think. And, and some black ones too think that they their <laughs> their fortunes are tied to this foolishness that they have some something in common with these Republicans. And I'm here to tell you, you don't. So anyway, here's word on the street this morning.
1: I'm so happy. So happy that word on the street is popping in. Good morning. Just unmute yourself. Good morning, morning, Paul
2: Bass. How you doing?
0: I see you have on a turtleneck. Is it cold?
2: No, it's just uh, raining, but I'm with George, who's busy in the rain, doing some uh, work. Good morning, Jeff. This is Bob Rolls Ivy. You're on radio at WNHH.
3: Hi, how are you? Good morning. Good, good morning. I like that hard hat.
0: That's a nice color.
2: So ah, you like it is, color right? So George is a carpenter, <laughs> and he's hanging out now behind, do you remember the old Plymouth building, Babs? It's across from St. Ray's and Sherman and Chapel. It was once a church and then a synagogue. Now it's medical offices that got fixed up. Oh, George. George, what are you doing here today at the Plymouth building? Well,
3: right now we are installing the um, um, doors and hardware. We are pulling all the old doors. We're installing the new new doors, new hardware, and all that kind of stuff.
2: So in other words, the building was already working, right? People were working there, and they
3: had doors, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. What was up with the old doors? The old doors were taken off, put in the garbage, and put in, like, a new wood <laughs> doors.
2: New wood doors. Yeah. And what do you feel like when you're working on a job like this, that there's history in this building?
3: I People have been something.
2: doing stuff in building yeah. for hundreds of years. And here you're giving it new life, right?
3: Yes, yes, yeah, definitely. It, it, it looks awesome inside. And what's yeah. it like for you to know that,
2: like what was wrong with the old doors? Were they worn out? What were they made of?
3: Yeah, I mean, it, it wasn't metal doors. Right now they are putting wood doors and no, all. Like so you're
2: replacing thing. metal doors with
3: wood yes. doors? Uh-huh. Now the metal doors is going to be just down in the basement. Mm-hmm. But um, stairs and inside for the office is going to be a wood.
2: And is that because they look nicer? Like were metal doors a cheaper way when they used to keep these buildings going and they didn't care about as much the history look? It's like, is this part of making this a, a, a nicer building? Or is it yeah, more nicer safety? Yeah,
3: building, nicer building and safety as well. And tell me about yeah, the safety. Yeah, because uh, some doors are making for like um, uh, to hold the fire if, if there is going to be a fire in the building. So these kind of doors are very heavy to hold the 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 fire, the smoke. So very still.
2: So you're putting in heavier doors that would stop fire from spreading. Yeah. Now the fact that they're wood don't make them more dangerous than metal. No,
3: they they, they make it inside is like I fireproofing. Don't know what kind of, yeah, fireproofing. What are the so.
2: what are the kind of doors called?
3: Those are like fire fire uh, fire doors, something like that. Fire. Radiator or something? Fire radiator doors.
2: Yeah. Is there a brand name? Yes. What's the brand name?
3: Uh,
2: it's okay if you don't know.
3: Yeah, I'm not sure. So, George, yeah. I'm trying to get straight. Your job
2: today, mm-hmm. are you actually putting in the new doors or are you doing some work that gets you ready to put in the doors?
3: Like, what are you doing? This yeah, morning? right now we're putting new doors right here in the fifth
2: floor. Uh, inside doors or yeah. outdoors? Yeah, inside. And so, what's it involved? Are you gonna maybe do it all this morning? You ever yeah. get the
3: outdoor and the new one in? Yeah, it's about like fifteen doors that I have to do. Fifteen wow. doors? Yeah, it's gonna take maybe the whole day.
2: One day, fifteen doors. Yeah. And how many people do you work with?
3: We are two. Two,
2: two? people. <laughs> uh-huh. One day, fifteen doors. Yeah. What yeah. time did you start?
3: Ah, uh, seven.
2: How many you got so far?
3: Ah, uh, so far we are five.
2: Five down, ten to go. Yeah, not bad because we're it's only so two and a half hours. You got the first yeah. five.
3: Yeah. Uh-huh. Are
2: some harder than others?
3: Yeah, some ones are harder than the other ones.
2: And what makes some harder or uh, easier? The,
3: the hardware. One. Some ones have like uh, electric hardware, so it's more complicated to install it. And but is that because ones, people
2: you know. get buzzed in for security, like electric hardware for ones
3: where they have yeah, security? for security, you, you got to swap the card so the door opens. And not all the doors have that? No, no,
2: no. And um, do you have a company? You have your own company? Yeah. What's it called?
3: ATA company. Carpentry. ATA? Carpentry.
2: Like Alpha, Tau, Alpha? Yeah. And is it, did you start the company?
3: Yeah, we just started like, I would say a month ago. What? Yeah.
2: You started a company. Yeah, You're yeah, the we, founder or we? Uh,
3: no, we are, I, it's like me and my cousin.
2: You and your cousin started a yeah, company a uh-huh. month ago. What were you doing before that?
3: Uh, we we used to work for another company, I do a finished carpentry, trim.
2: And finished carpentry, I, I, I'm ignorant. I never heard that word before. <laughs> so finished carpentry is a kind of
3: carpentry. Yeah, finished carpentry is everything like the fancy stuff inside. Like crown molding, like baseboard doors in houses and uh commercial buildings as, well. as
2: opposed to what? Like what's not finished carpentry?
3: The not finished carpentry is like the rough carpentry, like making houses, uh, you know, all the framing the
2: structure and everything. Yeah, uh-huh. What made you become a finished carpenter? What specialized in that?
3: Well, that's what I learned when I just came here. You know. Where did yeah. you come from? Ecuador.
2: You came here from Ecuador? Yeah. When did you come?
3: I will say like 13 years ago.
2: And what brought you here?
3: My dad, he brought me here, so. How old were you? I'm uh, 36 right now. I came when I was. 23. Yeah.
2: And what, why did your dad want to come here?
3: Well, I mean, you know, better opportunities in this country and um, yeah.
2: So before, just one month ago, you and your cousin started this company. Yeah. What's your cousin's name?
3: Uh, Maria.
2: Maria. So you and Maria are cousins. Mm-hmm. Yeah. From Ecuador. Yeah. Before that, who, where did you work?
3: Uh, where did you work before that i well i was living when i just came here i was living in new jersey so i was working you know warehouses and uh, stuff like that and then i came here when i came to Connecticut, i started uh, doing the finished carpentry
2: and when was that
3: when it was uh, i would say like six years ago
2: how does a person become a carpenter and a finished carpenter? you're working in a warehouse yeah. How were you able to then become a carpenter? Well,
3: you know, you gotta keep looking for uh, more opportunities. So I contacted my cousins; they used to live here, so they were working in the company. So they got you the yeah. They got to, me so, in. Who taught you? And my cousin,
2: uh huh. He yeah. was a carpenter. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So how did you get this first gig? Like, if you just started a month ago, how did you get this yeah, job? Yeah, I
3: mean, you know, you gotta keep trying to keep going, going. Like, how did
2: you find someone to hire you to do the doors?
3: Well, the the GC is my um. I know them. The I general
2: contractor. Yeah, yeah,
3: I used to work for them. So right now I tell them, "Hey." I so that's how know. you
2: get started. Where did you used to work for them? Are you were ah, an
3: employee?
2: Like you were an employee. Yeah, an
3: employee. Uh huh. So
2: were they helping you get started here?
3: Yeah, All yes. All right.
2: Much, Who yeah. are they? Uh-huh. What's their name?
3: Um, uh GDS. 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 Yeah. And you
2: live in Wallingford. Yeah. How's Wallingford?
3: yeah, uh, Wallingford is beautiful.
2: Tell me about it. You have family yeah.
3: there? Yeah. Yeah, my family over there is beautiful. I mean, uh, he's very. Cheap, I, I like the electricity, it's <laughs> cheap.
2: Oh, your electricity, yeah,
3: seat. yeah, chip. Uh, yeah. My kids, the schools are, are good. How old are they? Um, it's six and 13. And you have a wife, yeah, my wife. Does she work too? Yeah, what yeah. does she, she do? She works on uh, Yale. What does she do? And, um, uh, res- 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 register, uh huh, a registrar, yeah. All right. Uh, yeah. So
2: how did it go today, George? How did the work go on the first five doors? Was it easy? And yeah, it was. Easy. It
3: was easy.
2: Like, what are you carrying here?
3: A Closer. <laughs>
2: now, what is a closer? The
3: closer is to make the uh, close uh, the door. You know, when you will go out, you don't need to.
2: I should have known that. So, yeah. so what do you
3: mean? Like, what is it? A piece of metal? Yeah. Yeah. It's... And where
2: does it go? Middle of the door? Top of the no, door? No, in the
3: top of the door. Yeah, the top of the door. So... so
2: I'm trying to picture it. Like, what does it do? Like you said, closes the door. What, yeah. It closes... So.
3: It... As soon you go out, you pull the door. I mean, you push the door, and the door closed by out.
2: And what's the biggest challenge of starting your own company? You went out on your own. Why did you want to go on your own?
3: Uh, you know, I mean, it's much better, I think, and better opportunities. And uh,
2: <laughs> And any philosophy keep you going? Like, what keeps you going day to day? What gets you going? To-
3: family. Yeah, you know, the family and uh, keep growing up. Uh-huh. Yeah, you got these dreams.
2: Babs, do you have any any uh, questions for George?
3: When's the
0: last time you've been back to Ecuador?
2: Does he? You asked if he's sending money back to Ecuador.
0: No. When was the last time oh, he was in when's Ecuador? When time
3: you visited back in Ecuador? I was there um, a year ago. Yeah. I How often do you go? Um. Actually, I was in uh, February. I was in Ecuador. Then I went and. September. I went to Mexico in Cancun.
2: Why did you go to Cancun?
3: Uh, my, for my wife. Uh, birthday.
2: okay. For a yeah, so, fun trip.
3: Yes, yeah, yes. Yeah, did so you bring fun. the kids? Yes. Yeah. All right. Yeah, we bring the kids and, all.
2: and do you miss Ecuador? Oh yeah. Do you like it better here or is it not one no, of the? No,
3: I mean I like here. I like a lot of here. So, you know, in Ecuador you got your family, but here you got much more uh, opportunities. That's the mm-hmm. more important thing.
2: All right. Yeah. Any other questions, Babs, for George?
0: No. Just Merry Christmas.
2: Yeah. Merry Christmas. Thank you. Fire. Thank you you guys. And we're going to sign off here. Love Babs Loves Talk from Sherman Avenue, the Plymouth building at WNHH New Haven's home for community radio. Thank you. That was awesome. Thank so you. I'm going um, to write down just for a second. Get yeah. your, uh... Now
0: I got to figure out how to I'm going to go find that building now. Now I got to go look for it <laughs> oh, <that's good.
2: laughs>
0: and look at the doors. <laughs> I got to go and look at the doors. So yeah, Paul, you're still on air. So I'm going to go find that building that they're working on on Sherman. I don't, I don't know where that is, or maybe I do and I just can't see it. Uh, but yay. I, you know, I tell you it is a amazing thing. Um, and, and we've we've done a lot of talking to folks that have, um, came to Connecticut from other places around the world. Um, and uh, I find those stories so fascinating because they all say the same things. It is about opportunity. It is about opportunity. It is about opportunity. And uh, and 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 so when we when we as as Americans and humans we think about people who come here, um, we we should we should be proud that people want to come here and add their blood, sweat, and tears. Um, um, to the mix like they that they want to do what we do here to have opportunity to raise a family live a good life be safe uh, and all of that and everybody wants that so that makes me feel good knowing that uh somebody like him could come here and make a way for himself and his family that that's what the American that to me is the American strength that we open our doors to people to come, and 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 be a part of the larger landscape, you know. And I know there are people out there who who can't stand that people come here, and they can't stand that people fight to get here, or you know they leave or whatever. Um, I I just I, I I I my heart is so has so much sympathy and empathy for people who get here um however way they get here however way they get here you know nobody is illegal um um and 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 people come here in all kinds of ways and and the people who are shouting that oh if they come the right way like yeah people didn't come the right way like what is the right way no such thing as the right way it's what we allow and uh we have more than enough and, you know, and I know this is uh, 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 is aside from what this this young man was saying from Ecuador. Um, that, you know, he, he came in with his father, but there's so many people who come with their parents and, you know, they slip in and they get in and they show up and on these shores looking for a better way and looking for opportunity. And we should figure out a way to make that a seamless process instead of hardship, you know. That's all. That's that's just how I feel. Because we have more than enough. There's more than enough. I believe that. I don't think we're without anything in this country. We have more than enough. And honestly, folks that come here just want to work and build their families and have a safe place to live and eat and raise their children and all of that. So, so yeah, I. I'm ha- I was happy to see him. So uh, I am happy to see him. And uh, I'm telling you, these little words on the streets are such a slice of uh, New Haven, it's such a wonderful slice of New Haven. And we should see it that way. So but anyway, back to Georgia. Uh, I'm glad. Brother Warnock is the new Senator, and he's got to sit for six years and and hopefully the Democratic Party can you know i i i i'm i i we need a new leader in the Democratic Party well, maybe not, maybe the leader we have is is amazing, and uh times are changing, and there's lots of work to be done, but we can't sleep because you know while we are sleeping. There are those who are not. (laughs) You know, that there are folks who are up right now, plotting and scheming, the next gerrymander, the next voter suppression opportunity. Listen, listen, don't, this is a short-lived celebration. Don't get it twisted. These folks are out here and they're gonna do what they gotta do to steal elections. They're gonna do it, and uh, and you you watch. We have to stay diligent. That's just what it is. I understand that the Trump organization was found guilty of 17 counts of bribery and fraud. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Donald Trump ain't going to jail. No one's gonna go to jail. All those people that work for him. From the CEO, the CFO, the COO, they all going to go to jail. You know why? Because they're stupid. And they're loyal to stupid. And they don't mind going to jail for stupid. So that's what's going to happen. That Trump organiz- The Trump organization found guilty. And listen, <laughs> found guilty by people he put on the bench. So there's that. So they can't whine about, oh, 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 oh. oh you know no these are the people you put on the bench thinking you was gonna make a way for yourself well now let's see let's see i'm gonna tell you something you republicans and i know y'all are too far gone to even hear this foolishness that i'm talking about but y'all lost your party you don't even have a party you don't have a party what you got is an extension of white supremacist kkk that's what you got you you just got to you just got a, a a federal chapter of the KKK. That's all you got. Y'all, y'all don't have a party. What party? The Republican Party is not a party. What do y'all stand for? Except voter suppression, white supremacy. <laughs> and anybody that aligns with y'all, it's got to be crazier than a, a walking jaybird. It's got to be crazy. But, you know, this is the land of, of the free and the crazy. So you have a right to your crazy, as long as you don't hurt nobody. <sighs> my people, my people. And I'm sure there were some black folks that voted for that fool, Walker. Because I've I've watched them in conversation in places. And I and I let me tell you how white supremacy works. White supremacy does not depend on just white people. White supremacy depends on other people to carry out white supremacy. <laughs> just pay attention. Next time you're in spaces with other people who are not white people and you hear some foolishness, some trickery and whatever, that's white supremacy showing up out of the mouths of black and brown people. White supremacy can exist, has to exist with not just white folks. Has to exist with some black and brown people too. (laughs) It does. I see it all the time. People voting against their own interests. What do you think white supremacy is? You know, you got you got black and brown people talking about. I don't want the immigrants in my neighborhood, in my community, in my country. Are you kidding me? (laughs) That's what we're doing. (laughs) That's white supremacy. That's, that's, that is that's is the ilk of white supremacy that has been internalized in people. If you grow up with it, you can't, you have to decolonize yourself. That's work, <laughs> that's work. And you gotta stop hating your own people, that's work. <laughs> it takes a lot to undo that stuff, you know, but you gotta be willing to undo it. And there's ways that you can undo it by reading and being, you know, uh, a citizen of the world because if you're a citizen of the world you can't hold those views they don't they can't exist together you know when you know something about the world and the people in it it can't you can't you can't you can't hold those views you know it's just hard for you to hold those views so uh, so white supremacy is not limited to white people that's all i'm gonna say it's just not and too many, too many black and brown people don't vote in their best interest. They align themselves with white supremacy because they think they are closer to whiteness and white supremacy than they are to anything else. You know, and and we see it all the time with with folks. <laughs> we see it all the time with folks. You know, they align themselves with people who you like. Are you kidding me? Yes, we see it. So I'm just I'm just telling you. So just be on the lookout for that that you know it's not just white folks because i know some white folks that are all about it that are abolitionists to their core that do the that want to stand with black people put themselves in front of black people at every turn i know white folks who do it and i know some black and brown people who won't do it so there's that part i know some black and brown people i mean and when i tell you i know i mean i actually know black and brown people who will not stand up for black and brown issues in communities or anywhere, that they will align themselves with white supremacy first because they feel like they are closer to that than they are to their own, to the, to the issues that matter to their communities. We see it all the time. So I'm just telling y'all that you don't have to be white to be a white supremacist. Uh, the majority of them are, but you don't have to be white there's a lot of black and brown people who, who carry that piss for white supremacy. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you and make decisions accordingly and make decisions that are not in their best interest. And I mean, their best interest, meaning their community's best interest and their people's best interest, you know, so, you know, so so that's 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 quite problematic. And so I dare say that it was what was happening in Georgia with Herschel Walker you know i don't i don't understand why people couldn't abide you know like that that should not have been a, a it shouldn't have been a nail biter to the end and 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 in the end it, he pulled a he pulled a nice lead but you know when i when i see when i when i see uh, elections like this where you know a, a black person is a republican he and let's let's be clear there there were people who could not vote for Walker. There are people who couldn't do it in the, on the Republican camp. I think Republicans have to do a better job of defining what Republican is and then have some internal morality about that and say, you know what, I might be Republican, but I'm not that Republican. And then say that mess out loud and refute the foolishness that is coming through their halls. You know, so that the problem is they're so afraid of Donald Trump, they don't got no backbone and no spine. I don't understand how you can allow one man to be the bully on the playground and all y'all over there could take them all of y'all, but you don't do it because you're so worried that that base is going to flip and turn on you instead of cultivating that base away from that foolishness. But no, they don't want to, because that's work, because that's work to do that. You know, they want to just make themselves attracted to the crazy base of Donald Trump rather than do the work of 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 righteousness I, why what <laughs> that guy is poison he has been poison he is poison and that y'all just keep drinking the poison ooh this was good let me just let me, let me just keep drinking i don't get it i don't get it he's a he's a has been carnival barker that sold some wolf tickets and everybody and everybody on that camp bought them because when you go back and look when he ran the first time and he ran and all of them lined up when they was all on that stage talking about he would be a disaster. He would be terrible, disrespectful, blah, blah, blah. And they knew then that was the truth. They knew the truth. They told the truth. And then when he racked up the votes, they couldn't. What else they going to do? They all got on their knees, all of them got sank to their knees Mitt Romney too he tried to act like he ain't get on his knees he got on his knees too and went back for more so yeah so this feigned oh oh you know this change of heart about him he's the leader of our party you know and Liz Cheney too Liz Cheney voted more with Donald Trump than any of them (laughs) and here she is out here being a vampire slayer and lost her seat she even wheeled a daddy out. <laughs> and who's meaner than that guy? Did Dick Cheney? Listen, who welded a tougher sword than him? and he couldn't bring these Republicans to heed. He couldn't do it. So I'm gonna tell you something. They're gonna rule the day for this foolishness. They're gonna rule the day. So so you know, so I, I imagine at best, they'll just wait for Donald Trump to die. because I think that's their only out that he has to just you know you know choke on some McDonalds or something and die cuz that's the only way they're gonna get free cuz they're not interested in freedom i'm I, i'm watching these people on these shows and you know this guy this guy had a white supremacist cat the leader of the white supremacist people at his house for dinner ah! And all on the news, on the political shows, these cats are squirming in this. He's talking about you know, well duh, eh, ha. (laughs) I'm like, you do not entertain. That's like having Hitler over at your house. Like, who does that? Well, apparently Donald Trump. He don't got no shame. And And then he got all of them doing the dog and pony show about it because they don't want to risk being cross in the crosshairs with him. Because if a man could incite an insurrection, what do you think he's gonna do to them? If he could get an insurrection going, what do you think he's gonna do to them? It's just crazy to me. (laughs) And then and then and this, and here's the other foolish thing. Oh, Hunter Biden's laptop. <laughs> ah, your president, just his whole organization, just just <laughs> was found guilty on 17 counts of fraud and bribery. And you don't want to deal with that. <laughs> Hunter Biden is not elected to nobody's office. He is a citizen. <laughs> oh, my god. Because you know why? they don't got nothing else to talk about they don't have nothing else in their playbook nothing it is just filled with how can we steal elections and how can we put crazy people in office that's it and then what happens they stack the courts with these crazy judges and and then it all comes back to haunt them like what are you doing (laughs) somebody think this through so you want trump to be your president again He's never going to be president again. So all y'all, all all these Republicans are sitting around waiting for this man to die, praying. I'm sure prayers go up every night. Oh my God, kill him, take him. (laughs) I'm sure, I'm sure they're praying. They're praying that Donald Trump just, because he's not going to shut up or maybe he gets some disease where it makes him, you know, I don't know, some, some, some disease that'll shut him up and shut him down they they're not gonna fight against him, and Kevin McCarthy can say whatever the hell he wants, and and Ron DeSantis too. You don't got a dog in this fight either, Ron DeSantis. <laughs> so I'm just, they need to get it together. So they they gonna they gonna be stuck with the with the with the ilk of Donald Trump for a very long time. And I I really think though, honestly in all sincerity, that the uh, the Republican Party has to burn itself to the ground just burn itself to the ground and then, I don't know, fix itself. And I don't, I don't know how they do that. I don't, I don't know how they do that when they've got all these crazy people in their pockets. They got all these crazy people around the country, you know, just liking their brand of white supremacy and foolishness and mayhem. They just like it. They don't have no regard for women. They don't have no regard for people of color. They don't have no regard for the environment. They have no regard for, for international affairs. They have no regard for education. They have no regard for healthcare. They have no regard <laughs> for nothing. It's get rich or die trying. You know, it's by any means necessary. It, it, is, it is for them. I don't care about America. I don't, and damn sure I don't care about Americans. So, yeah, so they just wait for Donald Trump to die because that's the only way they're going to have some guts because they don't have any guts. And you can't tell me that they do because if they did, he he wouldn't have announced, he wouldn't have been able to announce he's running again. And, you know, (laughs) he's not going to win. I mean, we can send, we can send the weakest democrat off the bench to deal with him i don't even know who that is because there's so much talent in the democratic party i mean there's just so much talent you know you just need somebody who's willing to take off the gloves a little bit not not go low because he is the master of 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 mud and mire he is the master at that he'll do things that other people in good conscience won't do and that's how that's how he got elected and that's how he won people because this notion of oh i'm a, i'm just going to tell it like it is i'm just telling the truth and i'm just i'm i'm saying what needs to be said and people hear that and think that that's what he's doing no he's not doing that he's just being a racist bigoted asshole <laughs> and y'all and just and y'all just like it <laughs> He's just taking the reality show mess to to a to a whole nother level to the White House. (laughs) So I'm just I listen, they just wait for him to die. I believe it. Because then none of them got the spine or the courage to stand up to that. None of them. Not near one of them. Except the ones that jumped out of the Republican Party and left it like Jolly and some other cats, right? Y'all not getting your party back. <laughs> you're not getting your party back. Republicans, you're going to be the party of the stupid for a very long time. The party of the stupid, the racist, the white supremacist, the party of hate. You are the party of hate. Hate has a new name. It's called a grand old party. <laughs> grand old party new party and and care even less about you know guns i mean i'm sorry managing guns controlling guns you know gun control (laughs) no give everybody a gun (sighs) let them shoot it out that's how we solve it i don't know i'm gonna take a break i'll be back uh i got miss tina hascom coming on to talk about uh anti-mall shopping weekend which is coming up this weekend which is a great thing. And I love the concept. It's unfortunate I'll be out of town, but maybe I'll slip somebody some dollars. Like, if you see something that I might like, get it for me. (laughs) Hi, this is Babs Rawls Ivy from New Haven, Haven, Connecticut. And you're listening to WNHHLB 103.5 FM, streaming live at newhavenindependent.org.
4: Making spirits bright. What fun it is to ride and sing a slingsong song tonight! Oh, jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way! Oh. I'm Ago. I thought I'd take a ride, and soon Sunny Bright was seated by my side. The horse was lean and lank, misfortune seemed his lot. He got into a drifted bank, and we got upset.
5: Nuts roasting on an open fire, Jack Frost nipping at your nose, Yuletide carols being sung by a choir, and folks dressed up like Eskimos. Everybody knows. Christmas tree, oh ho ho hee hee hee. Someone came and they found me and took me home with them. Oh, I'm the happiest Christmas tree. How pretty they dress me, oh, lucky, lucky me. I got shiny bells that jingle and tiny lights that tingle. Whenever anyone passes by, I blink my lights and I wake my eye. Oh, I'm the happiest Christmas tree, a Christmas day, wait and see. I'll be laughing happily with a ho, 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 hee, hee. With
4: a hey and a hee
1: and a ho.
6: Someone
5: came and they found me and took me home with him. Oh, I'm the
6: happiest Christmas tree. Ho, 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 how pretty
5: they dress me, oh, lucky, lucky me. I got shiny bells that jingle and tiny lights that tingle. Whenever anyone passes by, I blink my lights and I wake my eye. Oh, I'm the happiest Christmas tree, Christmas day, wait and see. I'll be laughing happily with a ho,
1: ho, ho, hee, hee. With a hey and
6: a hee and a ho, ho, with a he and a ho and a
4: Christmas baby, you sure did treat me nice. Merry Christmas baby, you sure didn't treat me nice. You gave me a diamond ring for Christmas. St. Nick came down the chimney About a half past three He left all these presents that you've seen before
0: people welcome back to the second hour of love baths love talk i got miss tina in the house because uh guess what's coming anti-mall day (laughs) miss tina owns her and her her beautiful husband they own a lot of studio and uh and a lot of good things come out a lot of studio A lot of good things. Uh, But they've been doing this anti-mall thing for a minute. How long has this been? And where are you? Because that looks warm
7: and inviting. (laughs) Maybe I could just say it's a really nice Zoom background.
0: Oh, it really is, girl. That's the best one I've seen.
7: (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, so the anti-mall has been going on for uh, seven years. Seven years we've been in the building there in Westville um and we kind of kicked it off uh within the the first few months of us taking over the space
0: oh I, I didn't realize it was it has
7: been going on that long yeah yeah I mean there was um I uh, we skipped a pandemic, year with right. pandemic yeah um so I guess then ne- that drops the number down but okay
0: all right so how did it come about
7: uh you know how did it come about? Uh, basically, we just uh, we knew that there was a, a lot of artists that were in our building and uh, in our neighborhood that um, were always looking for places to vend. Um, the Westville Village Renaissance Alliance had done the tree lighting events for many years before this, and I had helped uh, kind of organize a few events that were based around that. And then once we had access to our own space, we thought that it was important to um, ride the coattails off of that event that had already started and just kind of amplify it in the way that we uh, knew how, which was just inviting other artists to uh, do something cool.
0: And so I, so I got the press release. Thank you very much. Yeah. And uh, and I, I love this because uh, in addition to the 12 artists showcasing their work at Lotta Studio, you have 13 private studios upstairs at the West River Arts, which I've been up there mm-hmm. many, many times for open studios. And, yeah. and open studios turned into uh open source um uh, the private studios will be open this day and will as well and <clears throat> excitedly some of the west river art arts artists will be having mm-hmm. guests in their studios um on the second saturday so some That's of right. the some of those guest artists are uh, janet brody heather gordy clothing brand 203 tree 203 tree clothing yep so let me tell people who the artists are so sure then get your money right. Go for <laughs> it. So uh Susan McCaslin. Did I say that right? That's right. Uh no, no Jimenez. Noe Jimenez. Noe Jimenez. David <laughs> Sepulveda, who That's makes it. the best. Him and uh uh th- this, these wonderful mobiles.
7: Yeah, he and Semi started doing the uh the mobiles. But David is a painter as well. David has many things. He's a writer. He's a photographer, a painter, a sculptor, and has the best hair of just about any man in town.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Julio Jackson, who I know very well, uh-huh. um, Don Wonderley, Eric Epstein, Travis Carbonella, who is a a, a filmmaker, um, and I'm sure a man of many many talents. Many too. talents. Many talents. Uh, Kate Stevens, who I have. A bunch of her pieces of jewelry. Uh Tia T T Montgomery, who just got the Arts Award from the Arts Council just the other night. That's uh, right. Talented designer, fashion designer. And Howard L. Yazin. El yeah. El Yazin, I'm sorry. El yep. Yazin, And Karen azoff That's right. And so now when is this Saturday or Sunday or Monday? I mean, Saturday <laughs> or Friday? Um,
7: So when we first when we first uh, started doing second Saturday events for the building, the intention uh, was to um, have a a space where the community could come in and see what the artists were working on, on a very casual format. Um, We don't really uh, kind of strive for that perfection gallery setting like we really like the idea that you can come into the makerspace and and see their process and talk to them about what they're currently working on versus adding that level of stress to only show finished projects. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the second Saturday event, uh, again, kind of started off of some other uh, events that were already in the process. And um, then we decided to just kind of have one established day uh, every month where the community was welcome to come into the private studio spaces. Um, so then hosting the anti-mall on a second Saturday seemed relevant so that all of us could do something.
0: I love this. So I I, I have in years past gone to uh Anti Mall Day and and bought things and mm-hmm. I still have them. Like
7: <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like we, we really need like to make sure that we're yeah, that we're inviting artists that um, you know, that make good things. Like the the idea that you can um support a local artist, support a um, um a small business and um and really utilize that that product um and love it and the longevity of it is kind of the works for everybody.
0: I love it. So, <laughs> are the artists excited about this? And how do you decide which artists do you put out a call?
7: <laughs> like what well, happens um, they knock on your door? Like how right. does it- Well, <laughs> a little bit of both. Um so I was lucky enough to spend 2 years uh working as the event coordinator for Art Walk that uh, Westville hosts. Um so I really got to connect directly with a lot of these makers and vendors that um we're working hard to make a living in this in this uh, crazy freelance contract role kind of way um, and jumping around from markets and selling things online. And so uh, there was definitely certain people that I gravitated to right away. Um, you know, the ones that had that nice balance of, um, of business sense and visual aesthetics and their table design was well and their product was... Um, nicely packaged and thought out. And um, I really liked to kind of invest uh, my energy in promoting artists that take the time to really think about all of the elements that go into running a business.
0: But 12 is a lot of people.
7: 12 is a lot of people.
0: Do you you think this is the cap? Or do you think, oh, you know, the first year we met, you may have had five artists. Oh, I don't know how many artists you had the first time. Right. Well,
7: the, 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 first time uh, we were still over in our original uh, studio space where Pistachio now resides. Um, And I believe that it was about the same. I don't think it was ever really more than 15 I could fit over there. Uh, So now that we are in the 903 studio space, um, I can comfortably fit 12 to 13. So there's a few less. Um, So I have to be very careful about, um, you know, not making sure we've got the same type of product being sold by different vendors um kind of try to eliminate the competitiveness uh, i guess with the market so we really mm-hmm. try to encourage uh, a good variety and some options that's a lot of work because
0: sort of, <laughs> yeah. you because you have to pay attention to each artisan right and say yeah. okay well we can't have 20 soap makers and we can't have exactly exactly you know, and we try 20... to do that with
7: art walk as well i mean art walk has um You know, most years we pull close to 40 art vendors in for that because we've got, you know, what, two to three blocks worth of space. Um, But coming into the studio, it's a little tighter. (laughs) So (laughs) um, there's, uh, I would tell you that, so out of the, um, what, what 13, 13 vendors, 12 vendors that we have this year, I can tell you that 10 of them are repeat vendors um, and a few of them have been with us since the very first one. So Mm. uh, the fact that a lot of these vendors thoroughly enjoy coming, they're eager to accept the invitation. um, It really kind of says something about how they feel about the event. Like we try to take care of um, as much as we can for them so that they just focus on their product, making their product, and selling their product and packaging their product and um, just like to kind of support them in the ways that we know how with good marketing, good communications, um, you know, designing flyers and promotional material for them to use. Uh, we've kind of steered clear of um, the printing elements this year uh, and last year as well. We we didn't make any prints, but usually we do postcards um, and then small flyers to hang up around town. But we have definitely found that the social media platform uh, can kind of better execute what, what we need. Mm.
0: And yeah. so is it is it just one day or it, or is just was one it day. always one day or was <laughs> it a weekend because I feel like it ought to be a weekend.
7: <laughs> you know what that um, I would tell you that about half the people feel that way, that it should be a two day event. Um, and, you know, hosting it inside in our studio where they the vendors don't have to tear down a tent or a table or put away their product at the, end of the day. It seems reasonable. Um, so I am not opposed to to maybe exploring that in the future. I think that when I had proposed the idea this year, um, a couple of the vendors were already booked for that okay. second day. So that kind of made the decision this year to just keep it down, down to one. Okay. Okay.
0: Yeah. And so yeah. what kind of crowds come through? Like, what have you Ooh. seen?
7: I mean, I, I know, I I, listen,
0: I know it's like uh, <laughs> it's hard uh, to, to pressing it. bodies in there, right? Because yeah. I've got it. It's, it's, it's pretty, it's a pretty, it's growing to be a pretty destination kind
7: of thing. So it is, I've been thoroughly surprised with each, you know, each year, new people walk in and they're like, oh, this is fantastic. Have you done this before? And I'm like, yeah, where have you been? (laughs) Um, But, you know, we keep getting, uh, you know, fresh faces that come through. If I had to estimate, I would tell you that there would be between, you know, three to 500 people that come through the studio space. Mm -hmm. Um, And, uh, you know, we try to really think about the best flow of traffic. Um, you know, to accommodate that many people so it doesn't feel too uh, too crowded in there at one time. Um, and uh, that's, you know, why it's a six-hour event also. We kind of space it out a little bit, thinking about different times when the brunch places of uh, Westville close down, um, you know, then we'll see kind of a little rush after that. Or if there's a long line waiting for um, Bellas, then we'll see, you know, a crowd of people come through and walk through the space while they're waiting to get their seat at the table.
0: I like that. Yeah. I like it. So <clears throat> um, do you charge vendors? Like, oh, like, <laughs> yeah. like, how do you, is this a, how do you benefit from this other than supporting oh, artists and yeah. getting, and getting people to see the studio and all of that? Like,
7: yeah, I mean, one, that's like the main, the main thing, right? Cause I want to make sure that um, at no point anybody feels like it's too much work and they're not being reimbursed for the time that they're putting into it. Um, I do charge the vendors and that allows me to give up my studio space for about a week because I do a lot of uh, preparation beforehand and make sure the space is beautiful, have tables set up for them and everything. Um, So I book the studio out for a week and then I spend a lot of time doing social media posts um, and just making sure that the word of the event gets out there. So I wanna make sure that I feel compensated for that time because then it allows me to feel excited every every time that this, this event comes up and I know that I can uh, dedicate a good portion of my week to just, you know, representing these artists.
0: And, you know, I, I, I don't think we talk enough in, in art spaces about the business of art yeah. and what that is, what what is required for artists to sustain themselves, live comfortably, mm-hmm. make the art that they want to make and not have to have 20,000 jobs behind them. Yeah. That art making is a business. Can yeah. you speak to that a little bit, Mistina?
7: how much time do we got, Babs? Um, I mean, I think that that's uh, that's really a thing that I try to focus on. Um, I mean, when we decided to start doing this event and I knew that I needed to charge the vendors, I wanted to make sure that they could not only cover the cost of their time and cover the cost of the the fee by how much money that they were going to bring in in the day that they were selling. Uh, So you kind of have to think about what you as the event person can promise to those vendors in terms of uh, kind of a financial stability with what they're going to get back from that day. Um, Cause it's a lot of time to kind of prepare what, what they're needing, they need to take into account their expenses, their materials, their time. Um, and you don't ever want to charge a vendor fee and then not have that vendor feel like it was a successful selling event for them. Um, I think in all, you know, in all, Relativity, but, you know, being an artist is is an exciting um, field to be in, but you have to look at yourself as a business, or else it's it's going to just drive you into a hole. Sometimes, um, more than sometimes, a lot. So uh, I think that, you know, one of the things that we learned very quickly is to um, allocate a certain amount of time to take care of everything that needed to be taken care of to be an artistic business. Um, So you have to, you know, put in the schedule, you have to put down, okay, today I'm going to send out invoices, today I'm going to, um, you know, deposit checks, today I'm going to uh, make my schedule for next month, and really kind of think about all of the other avenues that come into being an artist instead of just um, making the art, which you have to leave time for that. But if you are lucky enough to have somebody else, you know, as a studio manager or a representative um, or an artistic manager being able to take care of those business things, and that's pretty fantastic. But most of us don't have that. <laughs> so you have to kind of, you have to just kind of make a make a schedule for yourself um, and understand that. Like for me, I have to dedicate time to pre-production and I have to dedicate time to shoot. And then I have to dedicate time to the post-production. Because if I don't dedicate time to post-production, then my client's going to be sitting and waiting for their images for too long. And then they're going to be upset and then they're not going to want to hire me back. Um, So workflow is a big thing that we focus on as far as um, the business side of running a lot of studio.
0: Mm, I love that. I'm glad that you got to sp- to speak to that because <laughs> I I think I want people to know that art is a business. Yes. And that we love art and we have our feelings about art, but yeah. it is a business and and artists really do need you to 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 buy their um to buy uh their their, their the things that they make. So, um so these artists that that are, are showing on Saturday,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um they have their own following, I would imagine.
1: Absolutely.
7: They do. Um, so when we're doing all of our Instagram promotions, we make sure that we add those vendors on as collaborators, so that they can, in turn, share the exact posts that we're that we're sharing, um, and kind of benefit from each other's uh, followings as well. Um, so I mean, a lot of the vendors have a substantial amount of of people that are really interested in what they're doing, and then some of them are, you know, much less followed on social media, but have a great kind of connection with their E-news list or with face-to-face people. I mean, whoever, however you connect with the people who are interested in what you're doing, um, we just ask that all those vendors kind of tap into that so that we can, um, I mean, running an event, running a business, it's it's nice if not everything lands on one pair of shoulders. So, mm. you know, we've got... 12 to 13 vendors we've got Luke and I and we're all kind of uh carrying (laughs) you know portions of it and uh not really allowing one person to feel the weight um which is which is why we like to do um as much as we can to support those artists on the promotional side as well
0: I love it so let me let me switch gears because I I you know the more that I talk to you the more I get to know get to know you (laughs) and I'm such a fangirl uh but you're not from Connecticut
7: I am not from Connecticut. No. Um, I grew up in Montana. Um, and then I went to school out in Santa Barbara, California, uh, which is just north of LA. Uh I love started, Santa Barbara. Yeah. It's
0: one of my favorite places.
7: I I mean, it was really rough, let me tell you. It was rough living <laughs> there for college. Really, really challenging. Oh the um, hardship. The hardship. <laughs> know, all the hardship. Uh and then I worked down in LA for a little bit and then Luke and I moved out to New York. Um to uh, kind of get his career started out there, and then I was taking, you know, portrait work and some of the smaller work. We were down in the city for a little over a year, and uh, this country girl was like, "I'm not feeling it." <laughs> <laughs> uh, so New Haven was a great opportunity for us. We uh, literally just got off the train and found an apartment. And uh, how
0: did you know to come to New Haven? Like, what was
7: the <laughs> that's where the train stopped. <laughs> 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 There was literally no reason. I was just like, "Well, I guess we got to get off now." <laughs> um, so, I mean, it had it had a really great uh, it had a really great balance to it for me. Um, I mean, I had access to nature and hiking and water um, and trees and grass and mud, and uh, I knew that I needed to. Uh, you know, I'm the type of mom who loves to pick their kid up covered in dirt and mud and grass stains. Like, it just I, I needed that for my kids um, and and then still access to an arts community uh, i mean there's I know that there's a you know a larger conversation when it comes to like what yale has to has to do with New Haven, but I was excited that that there was um, that kind of transient appeal to it it meant that things kept getting fresh right Mm -hmm. so it's like you're not just kind of doing the same thing over and over again like there there are elements of new haven that kind of keep reinventing themselves and that was very appealing to me oh
0: my goodness so how did y'all land in the village and and, Um, and you know how did how did you know that this would be the place and and you bought this building
7: well so we we have uh we have the whole building leased um with the option to buy if it becomes available but we will we will deal with that if that opportunity arises um, so I mean I mean really Westville like I just it was kind of like a weird love at first sight kind of thing um we lived the first uh three years over uh, near East Rock Park um, and loved that as well I made a, a solid group of friends living over there that that helped me in those first few years of uh, new motherhood um, some great guidance and people that I'm still friends with today. Like our children have just known each other since they were, you know, one and two years old. Um, and those relationships are really, really treasured. Uh, so I think that, you know, one, the price of rent was a decision, you know, maker over there, our rent was going up in our East Rock apartment. Um, we were in a two bedroom and we had three kids. So it was a little, you know, a little tight. Um, and started looking around and I, I'm not sure what the first event was that I, that I went to over in Westville. Um, it might have been art walk. And I was like, Oh, here are my weirdos. I'm really happy to finally find <laughs> you. I'm my people. People. Um, and I think that re- just really, really quickly, um, I got swooped up by you know the other mothers and artists and uh, and creators over there, and felt um, just immediately welcomed and it was just really easy. I had a really, really easy time just kind of sliding myself into what was already going on over there. um one, I think that they were looking for you know a young mother who had a lot of energy to take on more events, and they were like, "You <laughs> come with me and I was like, okay, you know just this like starry eyed and um you know, not jaded and uh, ready, <laughs> ready to just kind of take a beating with, uh, you know, everything that that um, that I was going to take on, starting from there.
0: Uh, so, <laughs> so you're right in the heart. I mean, I, what I love about New Haven is there's art scenes everywhere, right? Like yeah. Westville is a hub, downtown is a hub, yeah. you know, uh, uh, Audubon is a hub, um, uh, Dixville is a hub, Newhallville is a place. all these little pockets of art, uh, uh, the hill. So where where do you see, or what would you like to see New Haven do with its art scene? And 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 I'm asking. This Ooh. is a very sort of uh, you know, I serve as the chair of the arts council, so I, so I'm asking this yeah. question for a lot of reasons. Yeah, yeah,
7: yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think that that's a that's a that's a very layered ask, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that, uh, I think that what New Haven does best is really amplifies on an un- upcoming artist. Um, I think that there is kind of this weird platform that artists hit after they've um, been working in the city for a long time where they kind of start to feel a little irrelevant um, and there and and there's that like balance of how do you keep um, again reinventing yourself so that you constantly feel and look um, like you're doing something new and interesting uh, and that that gets really tiring um you know there's there's a level of excitement when, you know, when somebody is like, oh, hey, check out this new artist or check out this this new person who's coming to New Haven and like everything is new and shiny for them and it gets really exciting. But there's this, you know, these different tiers of artists that have been existing and creating here in New Haven. And I think that it might be a little um, unbalanced in kind of who gets, uh, not attention, but maybe spotlighted Mm -hmm. Um, and so I think that I'm excited to, uh, to be kind of in that middle level right now where I'm, I'm not new, I'm not upcoming, I'm not, you know, bright and shiny. Um, but I'm also, uh, I still have this whole platform of artists who I am thoroughly astounded by like all the time, um, who are a more seasoned demographic who have like a, who have many years on, on me. Um, so I, I'd like to see kind of new Haven, uh, find a way to uh, run a thread through all of those different uh, age de- um, d- demographics, uh, as, as far as like the, the layers of what types of artists have been creating here for so many years. I, um, I like that. That's a good, yeah. that's a, that gives me something to think about. Yeah. I mean, and when th- we came into Westville, it's not like we reinvented the wheel, you know, like there was a, there was a whole group of artists who had been there since the early '90s that had really laid a lot of groundwork um, for us to kind of step in and um, and grow as quickly as we did, and so I think that that's uh, you know it's an exciting thing that um, when you're a new artist you don't necessarily see that you don't you haven't been around long enough to kind of see the growth uh, as to where things were and where they could go. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah.
0: So, so both you and Luke are working artists. We are. And so, how, how do you raise a family like that? Like, what does that look like?
7: <laughs> what does that look like? Uh, let me tell you, Babs, I'm sure my children. I mean, your children are
0: amazing. Boys. They're beautiful, beautiful children. I know <laughs> them, and I enjoy them. Yes.
7: Thank you. They're um, they're just they're truly exceptional, right? So they've they've not only gotten accustomed to navigating New Haven, which is an urban environment, and um, they have the the street smarts, I think, to to kind of make me feel comfortable as a parent with them going downtown and running the buses or biking, um, I mean, they go all over the city. And I think that I'm comfortable with that because I know that they can, one, pay attention to their environment, make good choices in stressful situations, and um, yeah, and and basically don't, they don't have a problem telling people what they think. Uh, which parenting that can be challenging. Oh, girl,
0: I
1: know. But,
7: but I know it's going to make for some great adults. Um, yeah, I mean, having uh, I would I would love to have our oldest daughter like or our youngest daughter write a memoir about what it was like growing up in our household because you know there's definitely times when you when you're like oh uh, I'm sorry I have to take all of the furniture out of our house so that I can stage a studio set um and they'll like walk downstairs for breakfast and they're like where are all the chairs and i'm like there's not they're not here they're being used for an art scene um you know or when you have to like you know when when you have to have those conversations about budgeting uh you know with you know a 7 and 8 year old i'm like i i know that you really want to you know go do this but we have to in, invest in our career so that it can grow and then we can do things you know all together and and a lot of conversations just of uh you know basic human things of of making money and spending time doing what you love and spending time doing what makes money um there's just a lot of talking in our household about very real life things
0: i love that there's not a lot of (laughs) sugarcoating do you miss montana
7: um i'm uh the correct (laughs) answer is yes hi mom hi dad (laughs) Um, I, you know, I think that uh, I knew that if I wanted to be an artist I needed to leave Montana. Um, But going back now as an adult and visiting I see again how far that that community has come um, in supporting the arts it just took them a little bit longer to get there. Um, Mm -hmm. I obviously adore my family and I had a beautiful childhood which was exciting. and the uh the nature is a huge part but um I also don't really like bugs so <laughs> I <laughs> uh, did not know that so about like, you <laughs> okay thanks um yeah I I don't I will I can tell you that we will never really move back and live there um unless okay. I need to unless I need to go help with anything
0: yeah, yeah I think a listening was leaning in to to hear you say yeah,
7: that. Right? Yeah, exactly. And not be yeah. going
0: anywhere. Like, where is she going? I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> uh,
7: yeah. I mean, we have like, we have uh, seven more years left on our building lease. Um, and I think that at that point, my children will be out of the house. Um, you know, our careers ideally will have elevated to the next level. And I think that, you know, it's, it's fair to say that at that time we'll really examine like what we have done in that building and where it's going. And, and if uh, we're, Needed as as uh in the way that we have been for the past few years. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, because I I love the idea of you know building something fantastic and then passing the torch for somebody else to to kind of take their spin on it. Yeah, I, I
0: appreciate yeah. that too. Just not yet. No. I think I think you still have lots to do in that community.
7: Yeah, yeah, yeah. A, We've got around, at least seven arts. years. We're good. Yeah. <laughs> And let me
0: tell you, you know, and I know seven years ago like
7: that. Exactly. Exactly. You know,
0: It'll yeah. go like that. So, so tell me what is the best part of your
1: day? Bedtime.
7: <laughs> That's good. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, I wake up in the morning, help my kids get out the door for school and, uh, and, you know, usually spend maybe an hour to two hours before I go down to the studio. Um, either taking care of of my space, uh meditating, relaxing, like just making sure that I'm in the right mindset to move into a creative uh you know thought process. Um I think that I've I've definitely been able um since my children have been a little bit older to take uh that time for myself which is really wonderful it's really wonderful uh to be able to just spend a couple hours in the morning having a cup of coffee. Uh, journaling or doodling and and then walking into the studio around ten to kind of start my day of either shooting or retouching, um, building a set or taking care of um, other needs that come with managing a seven thousand square foot building. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I, I want to thank you as the Chair of the Arts Council for the beautiful pictures that you've done of all the awardees over the yeah. years. I mean, they are just, I mean, I, I think for me, that's the award right there like <laughs> to, to to be to be done up to be, be Miss Tina'd
7: you know <laughs> we're gonna TM that trademark there yes you go. I
0: love yeah, it yeah, yeah. Miss Tina is a is a wonderful thing I mean every year after year is just the most beautiful I I think that's the art right there like that okay. for me that's the award people getting their beautiful portraits done in ways that they don't see themselves you uh-huh. know what I mean It's very beautiful. So I I just want to say publicly that that is some fine damn photography, girl. Fine. Thank
7: you. you. I mean, it's really exciting. The uh, the arts awards are, um, I think I experienced it just as a guest the first year that I was in New Haven, um, or maybe not the first year I was in New Haven. It would have been like a couple of years into it. But the first year that I experienced it, I wasn't doing anything to be a part of it. and a couple of my friends have been the recipients of those awards, so it's always super exciting to kind of cheer for them. Um, and then, how many people have I got to meet and work with that I wouldn't have had that kind of connection to um, had I not been doing these portraits? I mean, the conversations that happen with these awardees—you know—I step away from it and I'm like, "Oh, that was really cool." Um, and so, I think that there's there's not ever you know been a time when it's like, "Oh, oh, like that was that was really a hassle." Um, like everybody who walks into the studio is just open-minded and appreciative and super excited to be, um, you know, being, receiving this award and getting their picture taken. I mean, some people get a little nervous as, uh, you know, not just uh, for the award, but just being photographed. Um, And so you've got to take your time to make them feel comfortable, ask them questions and make sure they're ready to, to kind of perform and be documented before you even pick up your camera. That's, that's half the job right there. It's just, getting to know them and making them feel comfortable really quickly that's it
0: well you do a beautiful you yeah. do beautiful beautiful you and luke do beautiful beautiful work Thank you. that's uh, so i just wanted to say that publicly so uh so it uh kicks off saturday that's right the anti-mall i i love anti-mall it yep. just sounds very revolutionary and rebellious it,
7: yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah um so that that title um uh kate Stevens. Uh, and I kind of sat down, um, and her studio mate at the time, Sarah Bratchel, who is also uh, a New Even artist. We all sat down and was like, okay, like, what are we, like, what are we going to do here? Um, and we, knowing that the name was one of the biggest things that we had to like, make sure we got right, (laughs) because, you know, it's like holiday market. (laughs) (laughs) We're a little bit tougher than that. Um, so I, you know, it's, and I also like the idea that, especially this year, um, the anti-mall falls uh, before Hanukkah, so we get to kind of encapsulate both holiday feelings and, and really making sure that, uh, you know, it's a shopping opportunity to support the artist and it doesn't have to be for a holiday. Like, it's just, you know, we're just not big box stores. We are here to stand in opposition of uh, the malls and make sure that uh, we give the opportunity for the patrons to come in.
0: Well, I love it. Thank you for your time this morning. I I so appreciate talking to you. And uh I love popping in the lot of studio and I can't wait to lot of studio after dark again. And I know, <laughs> I, I know. I'm throwing stuff at you like
7: yes. Abs. I am ready. So I I am taking, you know, I'm taking a lot of December to kind of get um you know, get what next year looks like. We have a few things that are planned where we get to kind of start bringing back um, some guest artists. I'm really interested in hosting some actual photographic workshops um, in different locations, which is cool, so that I can work with um, either hobbyists or other commercial photographers to kind of share some of the lighting designs that we've uh, finessed over the years. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, that's like really cool to kind of feel like I'm, we're coming out of the pandemic and I'm ready to hit the ground uh with yeah. some new opportunities
0: I feel you on that and, yeah. and and I think you're the best person so if y'all are around <laughs> on December 10th from 12 to 6 the anti-mall um, shop small is happening over there on uh, 903 Whaley Avenue in New York. That's
7: right. Do you think that before we jump off of this, can I name the artists who are gonna be downstairs at the Anti-Mall? We said the ones that are upstairs in their studios. Oh, absolutely. Cool, okay. So for the Anti-Mall, we've got um, Black Goat Milk, who, I mean, like that symbol is everywhere now. Um, we've got <laughs> Eric Davis with metal and woodworking. We've got Pistachio Print Company, who does screen printing. Ave Rivera, who is like the cutest ceramic cups and, and you know, earrings and things that I've ever seen. Um, we've got Alexis Brown coming in, who is like, talk about fangirl, I'm like her number one fan. Um, Daniel Eugene, who's bringing in some of his new uh, photographic works from uh, track shows and car racing. I'm, I'm hoping that he has some of his clothes that he's been working on too. Um, Sammy Joe Jensen with Flora Apothecary, like great soaps, candles, smells, health stuff, um the honeybee project with candles and uh, i love all, them <laughs> just so sweet um b meyer studios who does woodworking um and our like newest artist to this is zoe jade phillips who is our neighborhood rug dealer oh making making some rugs uh we've got dooley downstairs kate stevens as well and kaya smith from smith made essentials okay
0: Awesome. There's a flyer. (laughs)
7: Thank you guys.
0: So I I, I'm telling you, Mistina, you have to do this more than one time during this Mm -hmm. holiday season. I know it's a lot of work.
7: I know, I know, I know. Well, I think, I think that it's, it's hard to think that we can populate two days. Like it's a condensed shopping opportunity. So I know that I'm going to have a lot of people come through um, and I just kind of get nervous of so like spreading it over two days and then people are going to be like, oh, I'll go tomorrow and then forget.
0: No, I mean like, so, like, like, oh, throughout the December year. 10th. And then you do it like <laughs> December, like the next Saturday, Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like
7: multiple so Saturdays people, in December. Yeah.
0: I'm just, that's just my own. I'm all just right, being right. my own selfish
7: ask <laughs> i appreciate it thank you thank you it. so
0: much for joining me this morning i really enjoy talking to you i really do
7: don't act so surprised babs you know it wasn't going to be too hard <laughs> so thank you and y'all thank get you. out to
0: see on saturday um and shop for me because i'll be in north carolina so i'm going to miss it i'm so All sorry right. but
7: that's why you want me to do it more than one day well yeah right, that's
0: self-serving <laughs> self-serving <laughs> so enjoy
7: the rest of your day and uh
0: and i know it's going to be a grand success this weekend so thank you my dear
7: thank you for the help in promoting it babs
0: yes my joy my joy so we'll be back tomorrow y'all y'all say goodbye to miss tina and uh miss tina thank you so much
7: you're welcome i'll see you later my friend all right thank
0: you harry i'll see you tomorrow all right bye Oh, Anru is here tomorrow 10.15, so get your Orishas in order. This is Dad's Roll Biden New Haven, Connecticut, and you're listening to WNHHLP 103.5 FM, streaming live at newhavenindependent.org.